The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Hey, Money Movers, I'm your host, Tanya Sam, and welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Our next guest is the president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Metro Atlanta, who oversees the largest, most effective mentorship program in Georgia. Money Movers, please welcome to the podcast mentor guru Kwame Johnson. Hi, Kwame. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Excellent, excellent. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Um, you know, at Money Moves, we are doing big things, and one of the things that we help to do is make help others make their money move by sharing the stories of people like yourself, people in the community, hometown heroes who have, you know, come so far in their lives and are doing great things to bring it back. So you are truly the epitome of a money mover, and we thank you for so much service that you've done to Atlanta, and our youth that are coming up in the community. No, glad to be here. I love the work that you all are doing and, and lifting up stories, and uh, that's what it's all about. It's us coming together, and I think that's what's special about Atlanta. Um, I've been here seven years, and that is really, really special that folks uh, like you all, we all come together and support each other to try to help Atlanta be the best city in the country. 
Exactly, because we are a truly great city. So I want to start off before we dive into the world of mentorship and what you've been doing with um, Big Brothers Big Sisters. I want to get into who Kwame Johnson is and tell a little bit about your story, because I think for a lot of folks, they see the success. And we always say on the podcast, you know, success is not just what you see today, but it's the decades of work that have gone into it and the struggles and the ups and downs. Um, so I want to start back and I want to go back to little Kwame Johnson. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and some of the pivotal moments that have led you to being the person that you are today. Yeah, so, you know, I'm from Syracuse, New York, uh, which a lot of people don't don't know where Syracuse is, but it's central New York, a uh, very cold place, actually gets the most snow in the country, uh, but also has the highest concentration of poverty for black and brown folks, which most mm. people don't know. So Syracuse is number one, Detroit is number two based on population size. So my parents uh, were, like like me, uh, trying to be a part of the solution. Uh, my mother was an educator, uh, served on the school board in my hometown, was the first African-American woman to serve as president of the school board in Syracuse, New York. And my father was a long-term educator, 40 years teaching in public education. So they grounded me in this work. They taught me all about service. Uh, Syracuse is a, is a tough community to grow up in. And, you know, I made a lot of bad decisions growing up. And at the age of 17, found myself facing many years in, in prison um, for making bad decisions. But I had tons of people pour into me. I had mentors who poured into me, uh, mentors who brought me my schoolwork when I was in jail to help me get out and graduate high school on time. Well, and I want to pause there because this is a huge thing. And I think a lot of people who, you know, frequent Greenwood, um, who are at the gathering spot, you know, nobody is perfect, right? They have records and they're navigating uphill battles, you know, coming out of jail or prison. And this is kind of a triumphant story because you did that. You know, you came from a great family, but you make some stupid decisions and it ended up in jail. Talk a little bit about how you were able to turn that around, because I think that provides a real nugget of hope for a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I would say is that, you know, for anyone listening that may have a similar background or you know, everyone has a story, right? Uh, I talk a lot about that your story is your superpower. Mm. And too often, too often I've, I've come across people who aren't comfortable with their story, who hide from it, who, who give the world their representative. Mm. And, and you can't be a leader, uh, you can't build relationships if you don't be, you know, who you are and, and share who you are. So, I, you know, I try to change the lens on what the criminal justice system looks like because, you know, there are tons of young men like me who... Um, you know, come from, you know, different types of backgrounds, but I'm no different than them, even though I've been able to become a CEO and all these things. So, you know, mentorship was pivotal. I had mentors who leaned into me, organizations who leaned into me so that I wouldn't have to spend 20 years in prison, which was what was going to potentially happen when I first got in trouble. But I went away from my whole senior year in jail and I met some young men who changed my life and who are the reason why I do this work. And I don't have time to tell you all their stories, but I'll tell you one. One mm -hmm. is Anthony. And mm -hmm. Anthony uh, was a young man I met in solitary confinement, which is essentially the hole Ooh. where you spend 23 hours a day in a cell, right? Terrible stuff. Ooh. And we're minors, right? So we're kids in, in, this, in this dark place. And Anthony was someone that would leave solitary and go back to general population. He would get in a fight and he would come back. And mm -hmm. after doing that a few times, he would get, you know, you get 10 days in the hole for a fight. And I would say to Anthony, we would talk through the ventilation system at night. And I said, Anthony, man, why do you keep coming back to the hole? This is crazy. And he said something to me that this, you know, started me in this work. He said, Kwame, man, your father comes to see you every week. And mm. I said, yeah, he does. And he said, my father's in the next unit, and I met him here for the first time. 
Wow. So, so Anthony, yeah, just crazy stuff. So Anthony would literally wow. walk past his father when we would go to lunch or dinner, and they wouldn't even speak to each other. And wow. Anthony, oh. yeah, Anthony was full of anger, um, but no different than me. And actually, Anthony yeah. believed in me. I was doing my schoolwork behind bars. I was the nerd of the jail, for lack of better mm -hmm. words. I was the first kid ever to take the SATs behind bars in the United States of America. Wow, and, wait. That's yeah. really the first kid in America to take the SAT. I mean, that sets the tone for what incarceration can be, right? You know, you're talking about the story of Anthony and this, the patterns that we see where he met his father and Anthony looked up to you because he's like, listen, your father, your dad is coming to see you. And all the people that pushed you to take your SATs, the first part, that's really incredible. But it also, it shows me, because I mean, this story that you just told us, number one, there is, let's just be frank about it, when we talk about shame and carrying burdens um, and how you can successfully overcome those, like you're owning it. There's a superpower in everybody's story. So to own it and sort of be able to say, listen, I was incarcerated. Um, I took the SATs. I overcame a lot. And here I am giving back to the community. It's it's a beautiful thing. And, and I thank you for sharing it. Oh, no problem. You know, that that's my, um, my, my journey is to share so yeah. others feel comfortable sharing every time I talk or speak. People come up to me and tell me stuff they've never told anybody. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell them, listen, you can't let those things hold you back. Yes. You know, we've all been through different things. And that, that story can be someone's lifeline. That story can be someone's survival guide. And I've tried to use my story um, in that way. I actually just finished a book called The Hope Inside, which is all about the power of mentorship in my life, but also in career. So Anthony was someone that believed in me. He didn't believe in himself. But I knew that if he had people in his life like I did and had mentors mm. in his life, that he could too one day believe in himself. That never happened for Anthony. He spent his whole life behind bars. He's still behind bars. But when I got out of jail, Anthony and Shank and Tony and all these guys, they applauded me. And they said two things. They said, Kwame, go as far as you can go. And they mm. said, Kwame, never, never forget us. And I've tried to make good on that promise my whole adult life. So I get out of jail. I'm graduating with my class. No one thought that was possible. And actually, when I graduate, I'm downtown. We're getting ready to walk across the stage. And I look up, and my mom is on the stage. Mm. And they had, they had set it up where she would give me my high school diploma because no one thought I would get my high school diploma. So I walk across the stage. She gives me my diploma. The crowd erupts. And within two weeks, I'm going to Hanson University wow. uh, on, a partial, on, a, on a partial track scholarship. They were the only school that was going to still give me a chance. Wow. So they, they, I went off to my home by the sea, my 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 uh, dear school, Hampton, and I get there, and I keep thinking about Anthony and Shank and Tony mm -hmm. and these guys, and I make a bold decision to leave my second year there, and I go up to D.C., and I go headfirst into the youth development sector. and I Wow, so you dropped out of college, and we were yeah, like, I, I want to do the work. Wow, what, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, well, I'm, so I, this is a long story, right? I'm trying to, to boil it down, but I met a guy at Hampton University named Bob Woodson. Uh -huh. And Bob Woodson, you know, different people and angels and come into your life at different points for different oh, reasons. Oh, you can say that again, yes. <laughs> you know, and he was, that, he was that guy. And Bob, you can, you know, look him up. He is a civil rights legend, actually a conservative civil rights leader, um, but all about community and change. And he was doing work with gangs all around the country, doing work in communities, building up different grassroots leaders in communities that were already doing the work, but in many ways not getting the recognition for the work. And I told him my story, and he said, man, come up to D.C. and work for me. And, um, 
you know, of course, my parents were like, that's crazy. It took all this time to get right. you to Hampton. So why, why are you going to leave? But I just, you know, followed my heart, prayed about it. And um, he, he brought me around the country to meet tons of men and women like me with similar backgrounds doing work in communities. So there are tons of folks. There are tons of Kwamis around the world. You, you, you may not hear about them, but they are quietly doing work in communities. Many of them have had backgrounds in different things, but they've changed their lives and they want to serve. And too often those people are overlooked, right? So I've yeah. I've tried to uh, lift up those people and, and create a space for them to serve and give back. But Bob introduced me to this sector. He helped me become a social entrepreneur, which I consider myself now trying to solve mm-hmm. some of these big, pro- big problems we face as a city. And, yeah, the, the rest is history. I was in D.C. for 15 years. I came to Atlanta seven years ago, but I've been exclusively working on the behalf of young people my whole adult life. I love that you call yourself a social entrepreneur. And, you know, yeah. this is this is what I love about this series of just almost like hometown heroes, because mm-hmm. the lives that you're touching, the trajectories of so many youth that you are changing is what really impacts and change our world. So I take my hat off to you. But let's go Appreciate back to it. now you've made this move to D.C. And, you know, what I think is really interesting for a lot of our youth is to understand how to transition from, you know, I've got these goals, I want to help people, but also navigating this corporate world, because now you are a CEO of a major corporation, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, the steps that it took. And you you mentioned angels like Bob that came into your life, but talk about the steps that it took learning to go from prison to college to this DC world um, that landed you to where you are today. Yeah, it, it's been a fun ride, and, and, and it, it boils down to mentorship, different people, you know, showing me the way, showing me the, the way I can do it. You know, when, when I met Bob, you know, Bob, you know, had, you know, won different, he was a MacArthur Prize winner, uh, a Presidential Freedom Award winner, like a big legend in, in, in this space. And, you know, what's so important for young people, what he did for me is he gave me the confidence that I could do it too. Mm. Like, I didn't, I had never heard about a, a black CEO of a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I heard about being a, a lawyer or a doctor, um, but he showed me a whole nother world um, that I could flourish in. And he just took me around the country with him. He took me to the White House with him, and he just modeled for me what it looked like to be a black CEO. And I and I just followed and watched what he did, and and you know applied it in my own way, and and just learned different skills throughout my career because I knew that if I wanted to be a black CEO in this space, I had to learn how to fundraise. I had to learn how to build relationships. I had to be, you know how to market, I had to do all these different things. And often what happens to, to black leaders in this space is we are on the front lines. We're doing direct service work, which is mm-hmm. fine. Those things are great. Mm-hmm. But what I spend a lot of my time now teaching young leaders that you can be a CEO too. You can be a CFO. You can be a marketing executive. And this is a billion dollar industry. This is a huge industry, nonprofit and there is ways that you can do well and do good. I tell people that a lot of people think you can't do well in the nonprofit sector. You can't make money. You can do good and do well and give back in a way that I think is unique to people who've experienced the problems we're trying to trying to change. I love that because, you know, um, I started my career in nursing. I had a lot of friends that, that went into social work. Um, and I think at the time, and, I, you know, we were 
a little older now, but I think what our generation is seeing is that exactly that you can do well, you can do good, you can strive for the highest level of achievement, you know, and I think this is what I really want people to take away from, you know, you might have been in social work for a long time, and it feels like the ladder isn't really moving, but just to take the leaps and see someone else who has done it, who's like, I'm at the CEO level and really fight for that track. That's what I want people to leave for. Because, you know, I get people who message me all the time saying, I'm a nurse, how did you leave, you know, nursing or the bedside social work is the same thing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. or just social good. So realizing that doing well and doing good, um there's a lot there and there there you can have both you just need to follow yeah. the right tracks and and the other thing i want to point out is kwame you talked a lot about some of the skills you had to learn there's the job skills for sure of you know doing good but also understanding marketing corporate infrastructure fundraising those are I think are some of the keys that people you have to learn all parts of the business to get to the top levels yes you do, and you you need to embrace that, you know. So I took on different roles in D.C. I took on my first fundraising role about seven years into doing program work, and you know I knew I needed to, I, you know, not only be able to do programs but also fundraise. So I took on that role, and I learned that, and then I took on another role, and I learned that, which prepared me because um, I knew I wanted to be a CEO like Bob one day, you know, and it mm-hmm. prepared me to get there. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to the book you wrote. I really, I mm-hmm. want to touch on this, um, The Hope Inside. Mm-hmm. What propelled you to write this book? And tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so I've been, you know, thinking about writing a book for 10 years now. And, you know, everything happens for the right reasons and at the right time. And at that time, you know, I had all these, you know, first kid to take my SATs behind bars and made it out of mm-hmm. prison with, the, you know, all these different things. And I was I said, you know, I need to tell this story. So I wrote a manuscript and I sent it out to all the big publishing houses and nobody picked it up. And there was one publishing house that wanted to pick it up, but all they wanted to do was focus in on my case and me going to jail and getting caught with AK-47 and all this different stuff. And I said, I don't want that to just be the story. I want to tell my whole story, but also I want to teach young people on how they can do it. So I actually got connected with an with a African-American-led publishing house out of Atlanta, actually 13th and Joan. And we got we got together, Audrey, who's the, the CEO, and, you know, we, we developed a partnership. I got connected to them through Q Parker of 112, um, who was here. Oh, nice. We do a lot of work. We do a lot of work together in the community. And I told him I wanted to write a book, and he, you know, had been in the industry, so he connected me to them. And we, we got together and, and came up with a story that, you know, I think resonates uh, well with, you know, young folks and older people and, it's just been a fun ride, just telling my story in a way um, to leave it for young people, but also teach young professionals, in particular in nonprofit, on how they can be a, a CEO one day. Oh, great. And tell everyone where we can find your book. Yep. yep. So you can, it's called The Hope Inside. You can go to Amazon or Books a Million, all these different places. Uh, you know, you can search Kwame, K-W-A-M-E, Johnson, and, uh, or The Hope Inside, and, and it'll come up. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, so let's go back to this trajectory. Um, you know, your your story is incredible. You've gone through the ups and downs. And, you know, t- looking in today, people will be like, oh, he must have had it easy. So being able to share these pieces, um, the big ups and the big downs, but now you are the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Atlanta. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you got to this point and how it was overcoming, you know, hey, I was incarcerated when I was in my senior year. like. Can you give our listeners just some points on how you were able to overcome that, you know, both personally and professionally? Yeah, so, you know, it's been a journey and it wasn't always easy to share my story, especially when I didn't have, you know, all the different accomplishments I've been able to achieve now. That was like such mm-hmm. a big, big part of my my life. But, you know, it goes really back to my experience working with, for Bob Woodson. He introduced me to other people like me who had similar stories who are comfortable sharing their stories. So that enabled me to feel confident in my own skin. So then from then on, I was like, you know, I'm going to tell my story. I, you know, if you don't like me, that's fine. If you don't want to hire me, that's fine. But actually the, the exact opposite happened. And that's what I try to get people to understand. When you share your vulnerability, it connects with someone else's vulnerability. It may be different. Mm. They may have a different story. But it, it allows you to connect with someone in a very special, unique way. It's very hard to describe. But that connection, and guess what? Relationships, business, all this stuff is based on connections and relationships. My story enables me to connect with people immediately mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that allows me to build relationships, allows me to get job opportunities. Like, you know, when I apply for Leadership Atlanta, when I apply for Harvard University, when I apply for 40 Under 40, my story is always front and center. It is always a part of my, my narrative, and I've been able to use it in a way to help me get to where I am today. 
Fantastic. All right. Well, I want to take a minute to dive into Big Brothers Big Sisters Atlanta, and let's talk about the the work you're doing there. Um, tell us a little bit about the organization and how long you've been there. So I've been with the organization four years now. I've been a fan my whole career. Uh, we've been in Atlanta for sixty years, uh, making matches. I actually ran into CeeLo Green recently at a at a uh, the mayor's birthday party. And he told me he was a little brother in, in our program. So there, wow. there at one point, yeah, there are thousands of young people, now adults, yep. that have come through our program in some shape or form. And, it, and it's really about relationships. It, it is that simple. It is, it is connecting young people who we call littles with adults yep. who are bigs in their life in a very intentional way. So, Tan, you may want to work with a young lady who's 13, who's into, you know, being a nurse one day and, you know, like certain things, we match you based on all those different types of things because um, we know that matters for the match to last. We it serve matters. about 12, very much so, very much so. We just don't say, here's a young person, who, you know, wants you to be their mentor. It's No, it's very intentional. We get their thoughts and what they want, the young person wants to achieve, and then we would get your thoughts and what you want to achieve, and then we make that match based on those preferences and goals. But we serve about 1,200 young people across all 12 counties, so we cover the whole metro. Wow, and that's now, huge. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of kids. We got, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of young people in Atlanta that could benefit from a mentor. There are hundreds of thousands of young people that are farthest away from opportunity. So my task is to match those young people with mentors. We, you know, uh, during COVID sold our headquarters in Midtown. When I joined mm-hmm. four years ago, we were in Midtown. And we had to ask ourselves, is this where we need to be? And, you know, in my opinion, it was like, no, we need to be in the community. So we sold the building during COVID, which was very interesting and fun to do. We were on a, <laughs> one of the own, yeah, it was lucrative, and it worked out. You know, we were we had a you know a acre on the corner of Seventeenth and Peachtree, which mm-hmm. was very attractive. And even even during COVID and ups and downs, we were still able to have a deal that stuck and went through. So we sold our building and we moved to Southwest Atlanta to the Met. Uh, which is uh, right over by, you know, the Western Martyr Stop, uh, mm-hmm. Clark Stelman, more right in that neighborhood, right where we needed to be. So we are now there. We've been there close to a year now. And we're now thinking about how do we expand our work? Because we keep hearing from principals about the challenges they're facing in this post-COVID world. And my, my whole focus as, as a social entrepreneur has been, has been to solve poverty. I think yep. it's the biggest challenge we face in our country, bigger than any problem we face, because so many bad things come out of it. And I can go on and on about that. The fastest way out of poverty is a high school diploma. That is not yep. the end. Yes. But as, that if you look at all the data and study it the way I do, the fastest way out of poverty is a high school diploma. So we, we need to keep kids in school and keep them learning. And we have parents and, and teachers and principals reaching out saying, we need you in our school buildings. Yep. Because you've got to think about all young people have been going through through COVID, uh, the isolation, the mental health, not having healthy outlets. Oh, this is this media. is going to be the impact of COVID socially. We're we're not we can't even get into the health impacts, but socially, what it means for the kids that are behind and how that has deepened the poverty cycles is going to be huge. So having, you know, attachments um, and mentorship programs that can help pull kids out of that is directly correlates to how we can really like. Do the work in our society for these kids and these families. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's playing out. And a lot of times you don't hear about what's going on in, in school buildings. You, doesn't, you don't hear it on the news. But I'm hearing from principals every day yep. about the need for mentors for all their students. So that's a principal coming to me 
saying, hey, I want you to serve all 600 of our middle school students. That's a big task for me because I rely on volunteers mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. need who step up to, to mentor young people. But I we're now shifting to meet that, that need by actually hiring mentors for the first time in our history. So we're going to hire young people, adults, should I say, to work in school buildings wow. to mentor young people throughout, throughout the school day. Wow. Yeah. So this is interesting because typically you guys have been functioned as volunteers, volunteers from the community that have donated their time. But now the needs are so egregious that you're changing the model to start hiring people. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do both. So we're going to still look, okay. you know, look for mentors uh, for volunteers, but we're going to hire people who care about kids mm-hmm. who have who have lived experiences, who who want to work in school buildings, who may not want to be a teacher, but want to work with kids. And right. their sole job would be to mentor kids in a school building. That's all they do all day now long. Now, my in, big in question yeah. is, yeah. in an organization like this, you know, if we have people who are listening and they're like, listen, I would like to help. Do you hire the little Kwame Johnson who might have had a record or gotten into trouble but is trying to get on the straight and narrow and might be a great mentor as he's pulling himself up? Or are we looking for, because I want to be able to help funnel people to your programs. Are we looking for people who are more in the corporate world? Um, have a couple hours to volunteer. Like, what does that ideal person look like? It's it's a combination of both, but but it really is about you caring about young people. It's not mm-hmm. about your background. Mm. You know, I have a back, I have the background, and I'm a CEO of the organization. So, you know that any you know your background is not going to eliminate you. Now, if you got you're still getting in trouble and doing dumb stuff, yeah, we we want people who are safe for kids, <laughs> right? Right. So that that's that's that that's that's a non-starter right there. You got to be safe and responsible for kids, but the main thing is that you want to get back and help young people. And there are tons of young men and women out there who would be great examples for young people in school buildings. For example, we're doing a lot of work with the Water Boys. Um, that was a task. Cha- yes, we're taking For those of you who are listening, off. Atlanta, you know, we're obviously in Atlanta here and the, and the Water Boys are a group of young kids that have been, you know, sort of on the streets trying to sell water, but, you know, running up to cars. And so it's been a really big, almost political issue in Atlanta. Um, they're hanging out at the malls. And so, you know, there's a lot of discussion around these Water Boys and what it is and how we can solve this problem because certain residents feel unsafe um, and others are like, we aren't doing enough for the kids in our community so that they have a place to go and an outlet. So this is a great, this just, that's a little background for you folks listening in outside of Atlanta. No, definitely. You know, the, the mayor, it started with mayor bottoms and now Andre, they, they came to us and said, Hey, you know, we need help with this, this challenge. They identified 200 water boys. And, you know, we, we both understood when we talked with these young people had entrepreneurship in, inside of them. It, yeah. it, so we created a program called the Young Entrepreneur Program, and we are matching these young men with mentors and giving them guidance. Like my first time talking to a group of them, I told them my story, of course, and just the number of questions they had about how the criminal justice system works. They have no idea how this criminal justice system works oh. and how, how close they are to it, right? They are yes. so close to it but have no understanding on how it works. These young people are eager for information, eager for opportunities. So we are working with them in that way and getting them paired up with mentors to help them get to the next level. And you know what I will tell you is 97% of our kids never trust the criminal justice system, 97%. And 98% wow. graduate, graduate high school on time. Yeah, 98% graduate high school on time. Just so a, a lot of our listeners here, 
Yeah, no, this is what's also interesting. I love, I love to be able to make connections. A lot of our listeners are Gathering Spot members. Um, and I know you are also a Gathering Spot member. Um, yeah. How do people connect with you? You talk a little bit about the value of the Gathering Spot. Is this a place where you've been able to find some good members or mentors? Yeah, it's, it's been great. Our, you know, our relationship and Ryan, you know, years ago reached out and we connected and done a number of things. We've done, uh, uh, men, we did a real men to mentor challenge at the mm-hmm. gathering spot. We had mm-hmm. a few few hundred men come out and, and take on that challenge to be a part of the work. So every time I go to the gathering spot, there's different people who come up to me who are bigs already. You know, there are tons ah. of bigs and mentors who already are members. So it's been a great uh, resource for us to recruit mentors and we look forward to continuing uh, to do that. So it's been an amazing partnership. Well, I'm a big fan. I've actually um, been a judge at some of the Big Brother, Big Sister events. And I've also been part of, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name now. It's the three-day camp that all, they hosted it before COVID here. And all the Big Brother, Big Sister honorees from across the country got to come. It was like really incredible. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but I, I appreciate, you know, being pulled in and being involved. And Kwame, thank you so much um, for coming on the Money Moves podcast. Thank you for the work that you do. Can you let our audience know where they can reach you? Yes, and thank you for all the work you've done with us. You, you know, have been a part of our work for a long time. We appreciate that. And, you know, anyone who's listening can always go to Big Brothers and Big Sisters Metro Atlanta, our website. You can be a big, you can make a donation. We appreciate that. Um, you can stay connected with me. I'm Kwame Johnson. You can. I'm on all social media, um, and I'm, we're here to help. Any way I can be assistance to young leaders out there, but also if you want to get involved in the work that we're doing, we'd love to have you become a big or, or be involved in some way, so definitely reach out. Well, thank you so much. And Kwame, I feel like we've just scraped the top of this and we are going to invite you to come back and speak more on social entrepreneurship and mentorship in our deep dive session. So that is all the time we have for today. But I cannot help but hear the words that you said today, go as far as you can. So in the words of your, I think his name was Anthony, go as far as you can. I hope those words take all of you um, into the rest of your day. And Kwame, we will see you back for another deep dive on the Money Moves podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today, but make sure to follow Kwame on all his social media handles. And if we helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge on your social, and or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Make sure to tune in Monday through Fridays and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.